1: Welcome to the Shalene Show. Your host is a New York Times best-selling author. She's built and sold several multi-million-dollar companies. She's committed to end the trend of Crocs with socks. Welcome your hostess with the mostest, Shalene Johnson. So I've been getting tons of emails and questions about, you know, hormones and thyroid, and you know, Shalene, it's weird. Like one day I can be up three pounds and then down five pounds, and I'm wondering if I have a thyroid condition and. And you know, suddenly I'm forty and I'm getting thick around the middle. And Shalene, is this because of my hormones and my weight? And you know, all of these questions are fantastic questions. And and I'm not an expert at nutrition, but that's the beauty of the Shalene show. I can bring the greatest experts to you. So I set out to find that person for you, and the name that kept coming up is Magdalena Wisleski. Boy, I hope I said her name correctly. It's a beautiful name. She has a beautiful accent as you're about to meet her, you'll you'll figure out it's almost hard to detect where she's from. And as a matter of fact, she's lived in so many different countries. And I think that's why her approach to nutrition seems so radical for Americans. Like we are so behind the times people when it comes to nutrition. It's why we are one of the most unhealthy nations. And it just doesn't make sense that we're so smart. And by comparison to other countries, we're too rich to be this dumb, if that makes sense. And we're just feeding ourselves poison. So she's got some pretty radical approaches to nutrition. In fact, at one point, I just had to fess up and tell her, like, I don't know if I can do that. That sounds pretty radical, kind of gross. And uh, anyways, I won't give away the juicy pieces of this interview. We'll just see if you agree. Magdalena, are you there?
0: Yes. Hi. It's a
1: beautiful name. Thank you. And did you have a heck of a time as you're growing up with people pronouncing it correctly? I know you moved a lot as a kid.
0: You know, when I was growing up in Denmark, it was uh, an old lady's name. And so it was a pretty mean experience (laughs) of growing up being five years old and being teased by children. You know how Hmm. merciless kids can be. I do. Uh, Yeah, for having a grandmother's name. But Uh hey. I'm I'm having a hell of a time now because everybody, especially in America, go, I love your name. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. I found
1: you by accident, mm. really by chance, and I'm so happy that I did. I was just searching because many of my listeners have been asking about hormones and thyroid and how all of that affects our nutrition, or really, I guess, better stated, would be to say that how we're able to have an impact on our mm-hmm. hormones and our thyroid by what we eat. And so I'm studying and trying to find answers for them and try to find them an expert because that's what I love about this show is I'm able to find the world's greatest and bring them to my lifers, and that's how I stumbled upon many of your your videos and your blogs and your websites. And I'm like, okay, I guess I should ask first: Why is it you became so interested in in this area and thyroid and hormone and how that is affected by nutrition?
0: You know, what, um, like a lot of practitioners who do this kind of work, and especially the more passionate you're about it, you are about it, is because it's it's typically because it's your own personal story. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's exactly what it was. You know, I was diagnosed with Graves' disease, which is a form of um, an autoimmune disease that causes hyperthyroidism. Um, And then 10 years later, it evolved to being hypothyroidism with Hashimoto's disease. So I had two autoimmune diseases. And, you know, and it it was pretty serious. I mean, when I started reading about it, I was like, holy crap, this is not funny. Like your Mm. your own immune system starts attacking your body parts. And I also happened to have a colleague at that time who had an autoimmune disease and I could just see how her life was falling apart with a number of, um, you know, lost pregnancies and she had to step down with her position. And it was just... I thought I would never, ever want to go down that path. And so I made significant changes. Um, You know, it definitely helped in the fact that I come from, um, you know, a European background. I've lived in Asia for most of my life. And so there's always been a big part of, in my family and in my culture and the places I lived, there was always this big belief that look at food, look at herbs, Mm. look at look at sleep and your lifestyle choices before you look into medications. they very different in America, right? When, as, as I discovered.
1: Yeah. Yes, here, here it's, uh, what pill can you prescribe me? Yeah, yeah. I want to know, what are some of the signs that you, it is your nutrition affecting your hormones that people can look for?
0: You know, um, three major things. One is, and this is, I know this is going to be a bit of a um, game changer for some people, mm. you, you might, or you might be thinking that this is a little, like, really when I say that those three body systems that really govern good hormonal balance number one is your digestion number two it's your sugar levels number three it's the function it's how efficiently your liver is mm. working right so really gut sugar and liver those three things and it's I know for a lot of people it's very hard at first to believe I for me it was hard to believe you know Charlene, when I first had all these hormonal problems estrogen dominance adrenal fatigue thyroid problems Because I thought, wait, so, you know, those are hormones. We've always been told that it's either birth control pills or you go on progesterone creams or, Mm. you know, or thyroid medication, and that's the way to manage your hormones. And as I discovered, um, there is a lot more to that. So just to give you an example, for instance, with digestion, you know, a lot of people are thinking, like, why is she asking me to get off gluten or repair my digestion when I've got hormonal problems? And the answer is very simple. Mm. And that is... Stress, which produces cortisol, which is a very potent hormone that makes you survive. It really helps you to survive stress and any adversity. But it's also a hormone that can be incredibly detrimental and shuts down receptors for other other hormones, right? So thyroid hormone or progesterone doesn't come through to these receptors because you're in a survival mode. And a lot of people think that stress comes from emotional stuff going on, or, you know, we push ourselves too much, work, unhappy relationship, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. Stress can also come from digestive problems, and which are so rampant um, amongst people that we assume that it's very normal to be chronically constipated yeah. have a lot of bloating um, feeling really tired after a meal having a lot of gas having acid reflux oh my god um, you know we we so many of us experience it and we grow to believe that it's normal and i want to assure every one of those of you who are listening who have this kind of problem it is absolutely not normal and mm. it creates a kind of stress i'm talking about that creates a cortisol spike. And cortisol is, like I mentioned, is the stress hormone that's going to have a huge detrimental impact on a lot of your other hormones that are working in... They're supposed to work in harmony, like this beautiful orchestra. And cortisol is like this guy who... You know when you see a concert of... Young kids in high school, yeah. and this is why guy, one guy in, with a trumpet at the back, starts screwing things up, right? <laughs> and the whole thing sounds off, but then then he pulls everybody else down with him, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what that's exactly what happens with the hormones. The so cortisol can be that guy with the trumpet at the back, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a great analogy, and we just keep hearing how important it is to have our cortisol levels in balance. Tell us how somebody can improve their digestive health so that it does put their cortisol levels in balance.
0: Right. And digestion is not just going to help, help cortisol. Um, it's going to help pretty much everything else. Mm. But, you know, a lot of hormones are impacted by the health of our gut. So it's really going to help throughout um, your entire hormonal balance. So, what are the main things? You know, I think the biggest thing for digestion, and I see this, this is my starting point with anybody I work with, is to identify what are your food intolerances. What are the things that you are eating, even if it's seemingly healthy, that you are not responding well to? And I want to leave you. Listeners with seven big common food culprits that are known in the nutritional world to be problematic. Number Mm -hmm. one, gluten. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, dairy. Number three, eggs. They can be problematic for some people. Not everybody, but they can be. Mm -hmm. Number four, soy. Number five, corn. Number six will be nightshade vegetables, as in peppers, tomatoes, eggplants. Ah, wait. And what type of vegetables did you call them? Nightshades. So it's a, like night night and day and wow. a shade, night shades. So there will be eggplants, peppers, tomatoes, potato. Potato potato, tomato, <laughs> eggplant, pepper. There you go. Eggplant wow. and pepper. So wow. in chilies are included. Oh. Again, not everybody, but um but there there is a substance in night shades that can be highly inflammatory for some people, and especially women with arthritis is having joints joint pains and you know you're in a fitness world and I'm sure mm-hmm. you see a lot of your your folks see a lot of having a lot of pains, mm-hmm. pain in their joints and muscles. And so nitrates can often, not always, but often be the culprit. And number seven, you probably guessed it's sugar. Mm, you know? Yeah. I mean that's a huge one. So getting rid of those seven, going through an elim- something as simple as an elimination diet, when you cut out all these seven foods and be um, without them for three weeks to a month and you will see incredible changes most people see incredible changes very quickly uh, and then you challenge your body back again with those foods one after another And then your body will tell you what is it that's not agreeing with. So identifying what these food culprits are and cutting them out is really, really important. You know, so that's number one for gut healing. Number two for gut healing is, you know, I love bringing in traditional foods back into our ways of eating, especially in North America. I think it's a lost art of, for example, using bone broths
1: bone broths, huh?
0: Bone broths, okay. yes. Bring, right. bring it on, baby. So <laughs> I, I tell you one thing that everybody loves in Hollywood, and, and I know this is, you know, this is one area that of California, everybody aspires to, collagen, right? I mean, everybody's heard yes. of collagen. And we hear a collagen of like, oh, collagen and the cosmetics and skincare products, and I'm going to put collagen on my face, and it's going to look wonderful. Well, guess what? The collagen that we use externally on skincare products is pretty useless because it's synthetic mm. uh, or is derived from plants and that's that's just not very effective collagen that really really works on the outside and the inside of the body is derived from animals something that will never be allowed in the skincare industry now you can have beautiful skin just by drinking collagen and giving it on the inside of your body is going to that's certainly going to help how your skin looks on the outside but also it's going to help how quickly your gut is going to recover. So bone broths are very very well known for having great amounts of collagen, gelatin, very high in calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, all of those things that help us to rebuild your bones.
1: It just sounds so gross, I have to tell you. It just sounds so gross. It does, it just does. But I I know technically speaking that what we're talking about is, I think, correct me if Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, boiling bones of healthy animals uh, with something else, with like vegetables and herbs and spices, is that correct?
0: Yeah, that is correct. You can you can forego the vegetables, you know, mm. um, and just like you said, is the getting the bones from a really responsible source. So, or not just organic, but also preferably pasteurized, mm. and you know, and and getting a combination of them, whether it's. Knuckles and um, marrow <laughs> bones and, well, you know. <laughs> I know, it just sounds
1: so gross. And I'm not really? a vegetarian, but yes, it just does. Okay, like so recently one of my favorite restaurants here in Laguna Beach uh, serves bone marrow. Mm-hmm. Would, would this be a good thing? Bring it out, baby. It, it sounds so gross, though. That sounds so gross. It was. Have you tried it? Yes, it was the most delicious thing I've ever had. There you go. See? I just was like, I don't even want to – think about what this is though i don't know can we rename it
0: Ha. Huh. <laughs> something i need to think about that's a good one that's a great idea i think that's how we can get people to drink including you bone broth if we have a better name for it maybe just how just, about french stock okay yes i love it okay
1: well so send us a tweet if you prefer french stock versus bone broth and use one of those in a hashtag and then the two of us will be watching to see um if we've stumbled onto something here
0: awesome okay so now
1: again what am i doing am i going to the store and saying hey could you tell me where your bones are like i don't even understand
0: you want me to describe yes okay so first thing you want to do is look up a farmer's market okay Near your area and if you're not sure where it is go to a great website called localharvest.org awesome enter your zip code and you're gonna get a, a list of farmers markets that sometimes happen two blocks away from you you just don't know it and make friends with your farmer who sells meat. Um, a lot of the time you know this is becoming so popular now Shaleen I have to tell you that when we go to our farmers market here in North California if we don't get there before nine o'clock he sells our bones you know, like within an hour from the time of opening is because wow. so many people are discovering and this includes also other bits and pieces like livers and a lot of other healing foods, because people are just beginning to feel so amazingly good on that food as they run to the market and get the bones as quickly as possible. So you get the bones and then basically good a combination, like I said, knuckles, uh, bone marrows, you know, if you can get feet, chicken feet, it's really wonderful. It's, I know it's awful. I know and I'm. are we losing audience here yet? Are people hanging up? Well, I think you still
1: have us because we, we, we're thinking collagen, so we're thinking plumping, we're thinking um I, I've heard that bone broth can help in reducing the appearance of cellulite.
0: Oh totally, my God. Okay,
1: so we're still we're still with you. A little grossed out, but we're still with you. Okay. Okay. Okay, I, I have a question. Yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. Can I just buy it already made? Can I buy somebody else's bone broth so I don't have to look at the bones?
0: It's a good question. You know, store purchase bone broths forget it, because they cook it for like good to know. two, three hours. You okay. need to get it going for like 24, 48 hours to get the real good stuff. I
1: suspect because this is a radical message and it's about education, mm-hmm. that it's time is coming, is what you're probably predicting here is that there's going to come a time where people realize all of the incredible health benefits and that a piece of this has to be convenience and that it won't be long before we can find sources where we can pick up really top grade bone broth
0: yeah i, I guess you know i think you're right and this is maybe a business idea for some people <laughs> to start making bone maybe and, yeah and, but you know but i have to tell you i mean y- like I said, I, you know, I grew up in Asia, I, I've lived it for 22 years of my life. And anywhere you travel, whether it's Vietnam, or you go to India, or you go to, you know, Korea, there's always a bone broth brewing somewhere mm. in the back of the shop, always, yeah. you know, and there's a good reasons for that. There's number one, you know, it tastes incredibly good. Your 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 soup and your stews are gonna have a totally different taste than the stuff that you buy in a carton in a, in a store. But you know, but number two is that people just knew the healing properties of that food and how it makes you feel. So I feel like this is something that's coming to America. Same thing with food fermentation of foods. You know, I don't. People didn't have these degenerative and problems, you know, conditions as well as hormonal problems back then, as we do now. Think about it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So these are all great ways for us to improve our digestive health. What about our addiction to sugar?
0: Mm, That's a big one, eh? Yeah. You know, so I think the first thing that I would say is start looking at product labels because this is, uh, and I'm sure, Sitcheline, you see the same thing with your audience. A lot of times you get uh, messages from people, I eat really well, but... There's a whole whole list of things, right? I exercise five times a week, but I can't lose weight. I'm depressed. And the list goes on. And, you know, my heart goes out to anyone who feels this way because I get it. Like you're putting yourself out there, you're changing things, you're trying things, you're eating better and still, still aren't working. And one of the things that I've noticed when I work with private clients is that. When, I really, when we really look deep into the food intake, it's number one, the food intolerances are huge. So take care of that one first. But number two is the sugar impact. Mm-hmm. And without realizing how much sugar we are loading on. So one thing that I just very practical, because I'm a practical girl, and I think that's mm-hmm. the only way we can change things is to, and so the first thing I'll say is look at the amount of sugar that's in the food you are eating. And a very simple indicator is to, is is basically four grams of sugar is one teaspoon.
1: Did you say four grams?
0: Four grams of sugar is one teaspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, a low sh- a low fat a low fat yogurt, right? From all these horrible brands <laughs> that you see advertised on television, which is like the worst food ever. You pick up those yog- yogurts and you see, I swear to God, between twenty-five to thirty grams of sugar, wow. and that's a little tiny packet. So you're basically giving yourself between six to eight. Teaspoons of sugar just said hello,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and but hey, it's healthy, right? I mean, we're told it's healthy because it's a probiotic. It's 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 yogurt, and then and then it's, it's got low fat. Well, guess what? You need the fat to produce sex hormones, so you actually need cholesterol, good quality fat. Number two is that it's yogurt that's been pasteurized after fermentation, so it's pretty useless. All the bacteria have died by then, mm. and it's loaded with sugar. So. It's silly. Uh, Not a health food. No, not a health
1: food. Just funny how things have been marketed and packaged to us, and we just tend to label them as healthy Mm. and be happy to, you know, tell people that we just had such. Like, I'll hear people when I was doing personal training, and I would have a client who said, "Well, I just had a coffee," and I'll say, "Okay, well, what was in the coffee? Well, it was actually a, a blended coffee drink. Oh, okay, from where?" Well, well, from you know the place with the green and white cup, and oh, okay, did it have whipped cream on it? Y- yes, it, it did. And did it have caramel sauce? Yes, it. You know, it's like you yeah. didn't have a coffee; you had a milkshake, basically. Yeah, you know, you might as well have had a Big Mac. It's got so mm-hmm. much fat-containing um, ingredients just in the toppings.
0: Shalene, take a guess how much, how many grams of sugar or teaspoons of sugar is there in a Starbucks Frappuccino? <sighs>
1: Okay, you really put me on the spot here. I'm going to say 40 grams, 50 grams.
0: Okay, so it's six, the answer is 69. Wow. And so that gives you 17 teaspoons of sugar. And I kid you not, I mean, <laughs> this is on their website. Like I'm not, you know, picking specifically on Starbucks, but this applies wow. to pretty much a lot of other brands. But, you know, we don't yeah. see Starbucks as being a unhealthy brand, right? Well, But most people, it's not. Yeah. Right. Right. So there you have it, Frappuccino, so 17 teaspoons of sugar. And you always
1: have to remember, they're they're going to give you um, the best case scenario when you're looking at those kind of statistics. The same way that when you're at the gym Mm. and you're on the elliptical and it's telling you how many calories you're burning, uh, you're probably not burning that many calories, especially if you're a female. It's it's calibrated for an average size man. So don't Uh. get all excited like, woohoo, I just burned 300 calories. Probably not. You know, in the same way you can't get that excited that you've consumed X number of calories because that's what it says on the nutritional guide from fill in the blank national chain. Yeah. I just think we have to be really careful about reading labels, but also know that those labels are not always as accurate as they should be.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I, I would start off there because it's very revealing. A good starting point, I think, for, for really managing our sugar mm. addiction. Have you seen that movie Fed Up? I have not. Okay, so You're the third person
1: though and I'm looking at my I have this notebook of things I have to watch and Fed Up is on there
0: Yeah, so definitely recommend it and one of the you know if I mean I I can talk about sugar for three hours straight right but I just want to leave you with one factoid in that movie and that is they are showing a scan of a brain MRI scan of a brain that is has just had a big dose of sugar I I don't know the amount Mm -hmm. and then and then they're comparing a scan with a person who's just been on heroin is the heroin cocaine i think it's cocaine (laughs) Mm -hmm. the same parts of the brain light up it's just incredible it's just absolutely incredible so it's not and cocaine wasn't all that much higher than um than the sugar the the one with sugar so it impacts the same part of our brain one of the most addictive substances as most people probably would would know it's easy to say no to uh, say no to a piece of fruit but it's Mm -hmm. almost impossible to say no to Something with processed sugar, like a cookie, or. Isn't that true? There's a reason for that.
1: Oftentimes, and I don't know if it's habit or addiction, but oftentimes when I have a, a, a really healthy meal, mm-hmm. I think to myself, man, I wonder if there's any chocolate in the house. You know, I'm always wanting like that little bite of sweet after I finish a meal. Is that habit or is that addiction?
0: No, I, I wouldn't call it addiction. Actually, it's interesting you mentioned um, chocolate because for most people, chocolate actually is uh, it's a sign of cacao is very high in magnesium. Mm-hmm. So for most people, chocolate, uh, a craving for chocolate is actually a magnesium deficiency. Ah. So it's, it's actually it's not so much the sugar that you are for. It's your body is used to the fact that when you have a piece of chocolate, you're going to get a magnesium hit, mm-hmm. and that's why it's calling out for it. When you replenish your magnesium levels, which, you know, so many – wonderful things that can be done in that direction, like having more, um, cashews and doing absent bath salts and doing magnesium oil on your body to replenish, then, uh, that will go away. But you know what? I would not, hit, I would not be feeling guilty in any way mm. for having just, if it's just a square or two squares of really good quality chocolate, so be it. It's oh, great. good. Yes. Good stuff.
1: Yes. I love this. You know, and I've thought about in the past doing like a magnesium chew I'm just curious Because I get that question a lot Do you yourself take supplements?
0: Uh, I do Very few mm-hmm. um, Just those that I can't get from um, You know like vitamin D I mean being in North California This time of the year Forget about this I mean that we don't get any uh, Sufficient sun. If you just generally Most people in northern Northern hemisphere Do not get enough sun, So vitamin D for sure um, I do fish oils And I do recommend that For most of my clients I do probiotics um, just because i can 't get all of that from, from 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 fermented foods, especially probiotics that are soil based bacteria probiotics definitely i think should be part of everybody 's um mm. agenda but that 's the the rest of these supplements is really you know other other supplements would really should be really used strategically and when and if and we need it and as a short term basis and part of the reason why i 'm not a fan of supplements is because there's, there's many reasons. I mean, the quality of supplements is one thing. What goes into fillers can be incredibly damaging for the gut. Mm. But the bigger issue, shalene, is the fact that most people have very compromised digestion. And, you know, the, there's an old mantra, you are what you eat. The new mantra is, you are what you can absorb, right? And if your gut is, your gut lining is literally Uh, compromised and the the receptors for which can actually absorb the nutrition are, are very damaged and they're literally, there's something called the villi which is like these little protrusions that have the ability to absorb all the nutrition and and if they are compromised and they are damaged, which most, most people's cases, it, it, that is the case, then, you know, you're not absorbing um, things very properly. So, they, including supplements. And that's so often it happens that people are taking supplements, vitamin B12 and iron and getting constipated and having digestive issues even more. And the levels are still low when they go testing, you know, their vitamin levels or mineral levels. So, my whole point is that to be using supplements really strategically and looking at food to really replenish your deficiencies.
1: Wow. Well, I think that's a really common theme. I know our, we're running up close on our, our time here together. So can you give us a few tips on how we can make sure we have a better functioning liver?
0: Mm. You know, so the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself with the liver, let me just mention one thing that most people don't realize how important the liver is. Our liver... It not only detoxifies us from, you know, people know alcohol and cigarettes and medications, but pretty much of everything else, including our metabolized hormones. Means that hormones that being used by the body, they get deli- they pr- get produced, delivered to the different hor- to the organs, they get used by these organs, and then they go back into the bloodstream. And it's the liver that takes out the used up hormones. And when that happens, that's when we make space for the new hormonal. Hormone production, new hormones to be produced by the glands. Okay. So most people don't realize how important the liver is in our hormonal rebalancing. You know, for me, it was a huge aha moment going, how, wow, my liver? You mean my estrogen problems is because of my liver? That was huge for me. So how can you support your liver? I mean, doing, I think fasting and detoxification, not this time of the year is really uh, not in winter, but if you talk about spring or fall, really good times to detoxify, like really by fasting and not by, you know, not, I'm not talking about detoxifying with a whole bunch of supplements again, but fasting and then incorporating. For what length of time fasting? Anything between three days to 10 days. is a really good, depending on who, the, whether the person is, has done this before, how toxic he or she is, um, how she's feeling in terms of overall health. I would, I would suggest to start off with three days.
1: Okay. You know, now, and, when you say a three day fast, you know, I my brain goes, I'm not eating for three days. What do you mean by, fa- how do you define fasting?
0: There's various ways of fasting. Um, it's really important, first of all, to ease yourself to it. So get off, you know, all the food allergens that I talked about as well as meat and fats like a couple of three to four days before mm-hmm. doing a fast. And then once you're doing a fast, you know, you're basically juicing. Ah. And you're juicing vegetables that are, especially the crucifers are very beneficial. Crucifers are um, things like broccoli, kale bok choy, um, you know, those are wonderful um, vegetables that are very high in a substance called DIM. DIM stands for methane, which helps to detoxify us from estrogen, which most women are very estrogenic mm. today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So basically you're juicing Got it. Um, fantastic. for fantastic three days. Love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm. Now, and I know that the liver is so key to our body's ability to deliver Protein where we need it, and everyone who's listening wants, mm-hmm. hopefully, understands the importance of having more muscle tissue. And we yeah. want more muscle tissue than we have fatty tissue. And in order to do that, we need a healthy liver. What are some of the things that we're doing that are damaging our liver?
0: You know, huge thing is not uh, well snacking, like having, especially having sugary big meals before bedtime. Um, here's an interesting thing, Shaleen, Did you know that the liver does the most of the work? between 1 to 3am. So in order for the lover to do its work, you really don't want to be overtaxing it with additional work, you know, from late night dinner or God forbid snacking. I mean, people like doing ice cream just before going to bed. It's just, it's just catastrophic. I mean, you're giving yourself a sugar boost in the middle of the night. And so really light dinner would be the way to go. Um, And then being in bed by 10 o'clock and you know, and asleep by 1030 at the latest is that allows your body to get into deep sleep. And after the REM sleep, you have the deep, the real deep sleep. And in you've got to be in that state in order for the lover to do its optimal work an interesting thing is there's something this this is something called the circadian rhythm and when you when everything operates within the circadian rhythm we have the reason why we can go surfing is because we got waves and the waves go with with a circadian rhythm and the plants and animals live with you know circadian rhythm it's just a, a this phenomena that happens around the world is just it's humans we've disengaged from it And so even if you're staying up to one or two o'clock in the morning Your liver is not gonna wait your liver is still gonna do its work If you're not in that kind of a deep sleep the liver is not gonna do its work And that's part of the reason why we are so toxic and have so much of sluggish liver going around
1: So for those people who would like to learn more about what you teach and your expertise, where can we send them?
0: To my website, uh, hormonesbalance.com, hormones, with with an S at the end, hormonesbalance.com.
1: And I will put that uh, link in our show notes. It's H-O-R m-o-n-e-s balance.com but i'll put those links and as well as the link that you mentioned on how to find a a farmer's market in your area yeah
0: and any place else any anything fun you could share with us you know i think the fun thing i want to share with you is um a cooking show that i just launched Ah. and and it's i don't think it's too late for people to sign on you can just come on and join us it's a four-week program called cooking for balance Nice. And it's basically cooking techniques that really is gonna help you to rebalance your gut, liver, and sugar levels to support your hormones. And so anything from thyroid, adrenal dysfunction, you know, this is just a perfect way of really implementing all the things I talked about.
1: And can we find out more about the cooking show at hormonesbalance dot com? Okay.
0: Yeah, or okay. cookingforbalance.com is the website.
1: Cookingforbalance.com. Mm-hmm. Now
0: if I'm if I'm not great in the
1: kitchen, Am I a good candidate for this cooking show or? It's such a good
0: question. Uh, My (laughs) opening video is, and I talk about it there, is that, you know what? I'm not a professional. I'm a self-trained chef and I Mm. never liked spending too much time in a kitchen, but I always wanted to eat really well. And so that's what the cooking show is about. Really simple yet delicious and very balancing meals.
1: Awesome information. Thank you so much, Magdalena, for being a guest of the Shalene Show.
0: It's been absolutely awesome to be here, Shalene, and thank you
1: kind of crazy, huh? I mean, pretty interesting stuff. I guess the one thing, the common message in almost every interview I do with a nutritionist or with someone who's got an approach to health or even beauty, like when we talked to Monica Perotti. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and download the episode Better Than Botox. It's all about nutrition. And and that was a really interesting interview too about nutrition. and And even with talking to to Dr. Garcia about um, adrenal fatigue, and, and now with Magdalena, I mean, just you keep hearing some of the same themes over and over and over, cortisol and what we put in our bodies, and it really, really matters, and it's not just about the scale, it's it's about what's going on inside of our bodies, and and just really having an open mind, like for me, the one thing that yeah, I, mean, it's, I guess is pretty obvious that I'm going to have to have the most open mind about is bone broth, So what do you think? Send me a tweet. What did she call it? French. Okay, so use either hashtag French stock or hashtag bone broth. Which one is a little easier for you to, no pun intended, digest? And, and then, of course, as always, let me know what part of this interview you enjoyed. Go to my website. I love your feedback. I need your feedback. It's what fuels me to create new episodes. It's what I use as my evidence when, you know, my office staff or my husband or any of the members at Team Johnson are like, okay, tell us again why you keep doing all of these free podcasts and take up so much time. I'm like, because the people love them. And I love it. It's really been a journey of education for myself. So help me out, people. Help me out by helping me spread the word. Let your friends know about this show. Send out a tweet. Say, listen, if you have a clue, you better subscribe to The Shalene Show if you know what's good for you because she will find you and she will cut you. And then she will turn your bones into bone broth or French stock. I love you. I mean it. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, lifers. Shalene invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser-focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com.